welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Welcome to Whole Brain Teaching the Podcast. I'm Laura Forehand. I'm super excited to be here with my Whole Brain Teaching best friend ever. How are you today, Rhonda? Doing great, Laura. So great to be here. Um, We are thrilled to have Platinum Certified Instructor Don McGregor back on the podcast. So glad to have you back, Don. Thanks. I'm excited to be back again. Um, Today, she's going to talk with us about Flight School 2.0. It used to be recess squad back in the day when I was doing it. Um, and then I switched over to flight school. So I'm anxious to hear some of the twists that you have with this. Could you explain to our listeners what it is, what flight school is and the changes that coach has made? Sure. Thanks, Rhonda. Um, so flight school is a way that you can have your students practice rules that they're struggling with during recess time or another part of your day that's not instruction. Um, Before you get to actually using flight school, you have to make sure you teach your students all the rules and that they know the rules well enough so that when you do have students that aren't following the rules, you can do a rule call out. So, for example, if students are talking, you say rule number two and everybody says raise your hand for permission to speak. So flight school isn't something you're going to jump into right away. You have to make sure your class knows the rules. And when you say the rule number, they know what they are. Then flight school, what you can do is um, there's a graphic that you can put up or just have something labeled on your board that says flight school. And as you're teaching, after you've done rule callouts and students still seem to struggle with following a rule, you just put an X in the box to represent a student that needs to practice at recess time. And if you have two or three students that are struggling, you would put two or three X's. Then you as a teacher have to remember who those students are. Um, As you're teaching, if the students realize, oh, I think one of those X's is for me and they improve, you can erase the X and then that student no longer would need to practice at recess. If you do have some X's left on the board, then at recess time, those students practice with you, but it's really short. It starts out only like 15 seconds. So let's say it is rule number two, you and that student or the students would practice rule number two over and over for 15 seconds. And then you would gradually increase it. And I think coach's max is two minutes. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So that is like the regular flight school. And then a few months ago, coach had an idea to call it flight school 2.0. And here's the difference. So you would still, um, you can still put X's on the board, but you can also invite anyone to join flight school with you. So you may want some of your sweetie pies or some of your leaders to come and practice the rules. Um, Here's the difference now, the flight school 2.0 graphic 
has a 15 second, a 30 second, and a 45 second option. So the students get to decide how long they wanna practice the rules. So you might be thinking, well, why would students want to practice the rules longer? If they choose to practice for 45 seconds, they earn a dice roll. And if they roll a one, two, or three, they earn a star that they have to give to another student. So that is the change. So I started trying this a few months ago and did invite um, a couple sweetie pies and a couple students that needed to practice. And when I introduced it and told them the options, of course, right away, they picked 45 seconds because of that magic of the dice roll. Now, every single recess time, I have students volunteering to do flight school and I don't even ask them how long they wanna practice, it's just a given. They wanna do it for 45 seconds because they wanna earn a dice roll and they wanna to try to give a star to another person. Um, for the stars, if you're not familiar with Super Improver, um, that's one of our individual um, student motivators and those stars go for that game. So just to clarify for, for my own personal knowledge, when they when you do the dice roll and it lands on a one, two, or three, and they they get a star, do they always give that star away, or do they keep one and give one away? How how does that? Um, for flight school 2.0, they have to give it away. There okay. is not an option to keep it. Okay. So if a student volunteers to come to flight school, they are solely doing it for the reason to practice and hopefully earn a star to give to another student. Yeah. Um, and I will do it. If, if I don't have recess duty, the kids just hang out by my desk. They wait until I get everybody else out and out to recess. And then we do it real quick. If I have recess duty, they come and find me. We do it quick out on the playground. I have my phone with me for my timer. And then I pull up like an interactive dice on my phone and I roll it out there. Um, but then I tell them they have to wait and tell me when we get inside who they're going to give their star to. Because I'm probably not going to remember <laughs> anyway. Right. Wait till they come back inside. And then they also should give you a reason as to why they're giving that student a star. What improvements did they see? Was it unkindness, a rule, or some type of leadership? So why don't you tell the listeners what happens if they don't roll a one, two, or three? Yeah, thanks. So if you don't roll a one, two, or three, we see that, that chant, we've got grit, we don't quit, and they just go off and they play. And a six, like in all coaches' games, is always a re-roll. Really good point. Um, so how do you think flight school and even flight school 2.0 benefits the students in your class? Um, first of all, I like that there's still a consequence for behavior and that they still need to practice. I like that idea of being able to put an X on the board and then take it away. Because a lot of times if you did that, I'm going to move your number system, like on a red, green or um, yellow chart, once a number got moved, they were kind of stuck there. So I like that students can be reflective and realize, oh, I think one of those X's is for me. I'm gonna to try to improve and get out of flight school. So that's one thing that's really nice. I also like that it's a really short period of time. We don't have to make them have five minutes or 10 minutes. It can be a short review and then you gradually increase it as the time goes on. Um, and this twist with a 2.0 of giving stars, like that is why the students do it. That contagious kindness that coach has been talking about, being an alpha hawk, thinking of others. In fact, I had one student who hadn't really participated a lot. And then he started for a few days and he said, I'm going to do this because I want to try to earn stars to give to so-and-so because I want them to level up. 
And I thought that was really sweet that they really truly are thinking of others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and to go back to what you're saying, I love, I too love the fact that flight school um, and before that, like Rhonda said, recess practice, I love that it is a short increment of time because our kids need their recess. They really do. And I've, I've seen too many instances where, you know, you've got that beloved rascal and what they need is that sensory input of recess and we take it away. Right. And we make them sit on the wall. And I'm like, that that's totally defeating the purpose you know, of what they need, what that student needs, they need to get out and they need to run and they need to have some sensory input. So yeah, I would agree with you. I yeah, love exactly. Mm-hmm. Now you kind of answered my next question. I wanted to know the best time to implement flight school, but you mentioned once they have their rules learned. Now, would you suggest to the listeners that they start out with this, the plane flight school at first and then bump up to flight school 2.0 later on? I would, especially with everything Coach has been sharing with us now about how our brains just get so used to how everything is, and we need to add in that centricity and variety. So you could start off the year, um, first of all, it's going to take a while to learn the rules and to even implement fly school. You might not even do that the whole first quarter of school. So maybe you would save this for more of a second semester and kind of unlock it. We always talk about that, the excitement of unlocking something new in your classroom. So I would definitely wait and have it be something that you save for later in the year. Good point. For sure. Um, Yeah. And I loved what you said earlier about, um, I don't know how big your class is, Dawn. How big, how big of a class do you have this year? I have 24. Yeah. That's a pretty, that's a good, that's a, that's a good size class. And so like when you were talking about how, you know, it gives, kids a chance to reflect, like, is that X for me? I teach in a school where there's, uh, it's a rural school, and there's two grade level teachers per grade level. So like I teach second grade, there's two teachers that teach second grade. So like I have 11 students. So when I put the X, I know, when I put the X in the box, it's like, they pretty much know <laughs> that it's without call, you know, um, without calling. Can you can you tell us a little bit about why we use the X rather than, you know, I've also seen this in years past, you know, prior to me finding whole brain teaching, like why X instead of like just writing their name on the board? Yeah, I think we just don't want that public embarrassment. We're trying not to scold anyway by doing the rule callouts and having their name up on the board really um, draws attention to those students. And sometimes that backfires and it triggers them and their behavior escalates instead. So by having the X, it still has that mystery. Everybody is thinking, was it me? Do I need to improve? So your whole class might improve. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, if you write X's and you don't remember who they are, then I just say you improved and you go outside because if I can't remember, then they must have they must have improved because that let's be real, that happens. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, I'll put some X's and I'm like, I don't know. Well, you're good. Go. Or we'd be walking outside and they're like, well, Mrs. Arnold, who's the ex? Who's the ex? And I was like, oh, yeah. okay." <laughs> so. Yeah, I think we've all been there. We've all been there. Is there kind of a um, like a housekeeping thing that you do in order to try to remember? Like, I know we're busy. We're, you know, the days get crazy. Um, but is there something that you do in your classroom to help you remember who that ex was for that might help oh. our listeners? I might just, I teach real close to my desk. And so my lesson plan book is there. I might just jot the initials 
of a student down to help me remember if I need to. Um, that's the one thing I've yeah, tried. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Same. Now, I don't know if you can answer this, but sometimes you have like the chronic people, the same people that are coming to you because they need that rule practice. Is there any advice you could give the listeners? You know, do you just keep doing it even though they keep having to practice with you? Yeah. So I think some options are like to keep practicing, check yourself, make sure you've built a relationship with that student. So coach that has some other um, strategies for us to try. So maybe pull out Rascal X and be purposeful with seeing, are you making connections, eye contact, conversations with them? Um, the other idea is to use the bullseye game. Um, so listeners can go online to find that as well. And that's where you and a student um, have a plan time each day where you meet, they know what their goal is, and you and the student decide, were you following that rule or not? And they earn dice rolls and super improver stars. So some students do need more than that. Um, and of course, always communicate with their families. And if you have to get your principal involved, he or she might need to step in depending on what the behaviors are. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. really good point. So I, I love this new addition, Light School 2.0. I, I love that. And I like how you asked that question, Rhonda. When should we start it? So starting with the, the, the regular flight school and then moving into flight school 2.0. So if, if people have more questions about this, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you, Dawn? All right. Well, I'm pretty active in all of the whole brain teaching Facebook groups. So you can always find my name there and message me that way. Otherwise, um, you can reach me at my whole brain teaching email. So Dawn McGregor at wholebrainteaching.com. And Don, it's always a pleasure having you on the podcast. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to explain this updated strategy because I know after a while, flight school kind of became boring and, you know, um, with this little boost, this 2.0, it's going to be helpful for our listeners. So appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure when this podcast will air. I know we're wrapping up the school year. So if you don't get a chance to try it yet this school year, just kind of file it away, keep it in your back pocket for next school year. Perfect. Yes. It's always so great to hear the latest updates um, to some of the amazing whole brain teaching strategies and coaches brain is always going and always coming up with, like you said, ways to make it more exciting. Um, I agree with Rhonda at this point of the year, it does get a little monotonous. So what else did you want to share? I did think of one other thing. So a yeah. few weeks ago, I did post a video of us practicing and coach did give me another idea. Um, he's really working at us trying to get more to a student-led classroom. Mm -hmm. So instead of us, um, we originally were just saying the rules in order. He mm -hmm. said, put it on the students. So I go to each student, which rule do you want to practice? So like Rhonda, I would say, point to you. And you would say rule number three. So then we all say rule number three, raise your hand for permission to leave your seat. Ah, I'm okay. Then I would point to you, Laura, what one do you want to do? And we just keep going around the circle until the time is up. So instead of it being me leading the rules, they get to choose which rules they want to practice. So okay. that's another thing you can do too. So start off, hey, we're all going to practice the same rules. Now I'm going to turn it over to all of you. You get to decide the rule that we do. You know, and that gives them ownership. And it also gives them a chance to really think, what do I need to 
you know, improve on what, what, you know, it gives them that reflective piece, I think sometimes. And I think that sometimes is what's missing at the end of the year, because like you said, Rhonda, you have your frequent, frequent flyers, right? And so they always need to <laughs> review rule number one. And so rule number one just almost becomes like Charlie Brown's teacher in their head, right? They're just saying it. So that's a great, um, great way to get kids to be reflective and think about what do I need to improve on in the classroom? Yes. I'm so glad I thought of that because yeah, that was a a nice little challenge coach gave me is to have the kids be in charge of it instead of me, because we're always trying to make them the leaders in our rooms. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Dawn, for being on the podcast again. We always love it when you come by the podcast. Um, We appreciate your willingness to help so many teachers. Remember to check out our website, www.wholebrainteaching.com for information. And some of those freebies that um, Dawn was talking about are on Teachers Pay Teachers. Um, And remember that all the things from Whole Brain Teaching go to the official store because it is all free. Don't pay for anything. All right. Now, I just real quick, the um, the graphics you were talking about are on the Teachers Pay Teachers site, right? For I think so. There's always so many updates on all of those resources. So I don't know off the top of my head which one it is in. If it is in Quick Start 7.0, I know that's the most recent document we've been working um, with. I would probably check there first. Okay. Okay. Or I'd, I'd also say to reach out to Dawn too, if you're having trouble finding it and she can maybe send her copy or. Yes, absolutely. I'd love to share that with others. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Dawn. And thank you to all our listeners for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share this with all your teachers, friends, and even your administrators. We're extremely grateful for each and every one of you until next time. Bye.